Now, these are common things when it comes to diet. Diet control with disease conditions are very important for the English. We look at various diets and what are the food we consume when we have those conditions. We start with uh, acute renal disease. In the case of acute renal disease, um, it could be one kidney, it could be the both kidneys. The clients have to restrict proteins. The client will restrict proteins. They will eat protein restricted diet. They will consume high calorie diet. They'll have a control fluid and they will control sodium and potassium. Once you are having a problem that you're controlling fluid, sodium and potassium also are there to be controlled because water moves with sodium in our body. When a client has a cortisol condition, where the client is having Addison disease, where there is a low section of the hormone cortisol that is produced by the adrenal cortex, in this case, the client will, will, will consume increased sodium diet with low potassium diet. In Addison disease, the client consume increased sodium diet, low potassium uh, uh, low potassium diet. When a client has bipolar or ADH, ADHD conditions, bipolar or ADHD condition, the client consume high calorie and provide finger foods. Why? Because the client might be paranoid to eat food that are prepared by the clinician or by the hospital or where the client lives. So the client would need finger foods to eat. To eat. So you might have um, a question on the ankles. A client who has ADH, ADHD, ADHD disorder and this client is having a, 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 a it is the mutant for this client. What food would the nurse let for this client? So your choice of food in there should be food that are very much high in like finger foods or food that are high in calorie or provide finger food for this client who have the ADHD or the bipolar conditions. Burns. When a client gets burned, burned, the client lost so many important electrolytes. So their defense mechanism becomes weakened. So in this case, a client who under, who got burned, the client want to consume the client wants to consume high protein, high calorie, and increase in vitamin C. High calorie, high protein, and increase high increase in vitamin C. Now when talking about burn. You want, you, if you have a test in like two weeks, at this point, you, you want to sort of connect the dots on, this, on these topics. What comes to the mind about burn? You come to fluid volume problems. When you get burned, what are the fluid that, you're supposed to, that can replace those lost electrolytes and fluid from the body? What is the pack length formula to reinfuse a client who is burned or who, under, who, who got burned and who lost fluid? What is the rule of nine with burns, with, with, with pediatrics, with adults? So you, you, you want to start writing these things down as I'm saying this, so that when we leave here, you can go back and connect your dots because we did, them, we, did, we did all these things. So if you cannot remember them, go back and rehearse them for your ankles. Now, a client who has cancer need to consume high calorie, high protein because this client with cancer is undergoing chemotherapy. This client will have <clears throat> neutropenia 
which will lead to decreased immune defense or decreased immunity, this client needs to have increased immunity. Now, when we talk, we'll talk about cancer, what comes to your mind? The client has to avoid some raw food because raw food might have bacteria in it that are not dead, that are living. Because some bacteria are aerobic or anaerobic, if you do not cook them, they become uh, very much dangerous in our system. So because of this, of course, this cancer condition, the client must consume high calorie, high protein food to build up their immunity against disease condition. Because the chemotherapy medication that we talked about yesterday, these medications have the ability to, want to break down our system. That's why we we should be in the main, we, uh, we should be out there trying to work, rebuild our system. The client must avoid crowd. We are on chemotherapy, chemotherapy drugs. Your system is not strong. If you do not avoid crowd, what happened to you? You contract other conditions that may put you at risk for opportunistic infection in your body. Client who has celiac disease, celiac disease, celiac disease client, gluten-free diet, they should not consume broad diet, which include barley, rye, oats, and wheat. B R O W are not to be consumed with client with celiac condition. This client, if they consume this uh, this food, what happened to them? It create smaller finishes on their intestine, smaller holes. In subsequent times, the client gonna have intestinal problem. They might have some ulcerative colitis problem. And in that case, the client can lose their life due to, due to lack of management. So client with celiac disease should eat gluten-free diet and they should avoid broad diet. Now, chronic renal condition. Protein is restricted, low sodium, fluid is restricted, potassium is restricted, and also phosphorus is also restricted in client with uh, chronic renal problems. Now, let's look at cirrhosis, liver condition, end-stage liver disease, cirrhosis. In cirrhosis condition, um, there are two things occurring here. If the client has cirrhosis, the client is stable. The client is stable. The client with cirrhosis who is stable, they can eat that normal protein food. If the client is not stable, client who is not stable and having liver cirrhosis, this client should go on protein restricted diet, fluid restriction, and sodium restriction. Now, client who has gallbladder disease or disease conditions, they should consume low fat, um, low calorie, and low calorie, and they can consume their regular diet because the gallbladder produces uh, the bar. Now, bar is what can emulsify fats. So because the gallbladder is ill and they are not producing normal amount of bile, so in that case, they should consume low fat because if they consume high fat, their body bile production is not adequate, so they cannot break down the fat in the body, which will tend to also harm them in the case of gallbladder condition. Client with hyperlipidemia. Client who having this condition, hyperlipidemia, or not here, client with hyper lipidemia now these clients are at risk for so many things this client having increased lipids in their body or in their blood now in this case before coming to the diet for this particular condition 
I want you to look at uh, the cholesterol level. Cholesterol. So on here we have one total cholesterol. On here we have two. We have triglyceride. On here, know the level of triglyceride in our body. C. We have here what the good cholesterol, the HDL, the high density lipoprotein cholesterol. HDL is the good cholesterol which the body needs for heart production. And we have the what the fourth one, which is the bad cholesterol, which is the LDL, low density lipoprotein, is the bad cholesterol. Now, um, you want to know the, you want to know the values for these cholesterols. They are important for the NCLEX. They are important for lab value. We want to know the values for them. Open your book. Go to lab value under the standard book. Everything are listed in there. Remember these things. Look at them to have an idea on them. Now, if a client has a lipid, hyperlipidemia, the client must control their fat intake, fatty food intake, and the client must control calorie intake. They should restrict fat and restrict calorie with uh, hyperlipidemia. If a client is overweight, overweight client, calorie should be avoided and a high calorie diet or high fat diet are avoided in this case. A client with pancreatitis, pancreatic disorder, this client might be at risk for developing diabetes medicine because di the insulin is produced from the pancreas. So this client should avoid or they should eat low fats, regular food, Small frequent feeding, tube feeding, or total parenteral nutrition, P, uh, 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 TPN. Clients who have peptic ulcer, they should eat what we call blend diet. Peptic ulcer, they should eat blend diet. Blend diet. Clients who have peptic ulcer, this take us to what? Duodenum ulcer and what? Uh, Peptic or gastric ulcer. Look at the, 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 the type of ulcer and know the comparison between the peptic ulcer, uh, the, 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 the duodenum ulcer, and that of the what? The gastric ulcer, onopeptic ulcer disease. Then we have client with anemia. Pernicious anemia client. This client lack B12 vitamins, which is the cobalamines. Client who lack, client who lacks, uh, Cobalamin vitamins, they're going to have pernicious anemia. For these clients, they should increase vitamin B12 supplementation in foods, which can be found in high amount in shellfish, can be found in high amount in beef liver, and also in fish. So they should eat high amount of fish, liver, or uh, uh, beef liver, and also shellfish. They are very high in B12. Now, then you have clients who have stroke or CVA. These individuals who have stroke and CVA or CVA, they should eat mechanical soft diet. This client should eat their regular diet or they can do tube feeding if they are having dysphagia and they cannot swallow the food, so they can do tube feeding. Now, so these are things that I remember for these things. Now, we'll look at positioning. Certain position when a client have certain condition, this client or the client must be in must be position in certain uh, position, or the client should be placed in certain position to help to uh, foster the client care or the client therapy. Asthma. If a client has asthma, 
the client will be in auto pin or in in a orthopedic position where they will sit up and they'll bend forward and arm support a table or on a chair because they cannot grab the air from up so they got to always like come down in this orthopedic position orthopedic client with uh, asthma they always assuming orthopedic posture orthopedic posture or position client of asthma now client who underwent post or uh, client who has post bronchoscopy after the bronchoscopy the client should lie flat on the bed with the head hyperextended now these words this range of motion words they are important to know the definition we'll say extension flexion hyperextension dusty flexion pronation you have to know these things when the arm is flexed the arm is coming towards the middle of the body if the arm is extended the arm is going away from the middle of the body it's going away if the neck is flexed the neck comes towards the chest if the neck is extended the chin goes away from the body if the neck is hyper extended the chin go back the back of the head or some back of the hair should be touching the back of the client so this become hyper extension this become extension this become flexion when you still like this you open your arm it is called abduction a b d taking your body your hand your your away from your body that's abduction if it comes towards your body is adduction a d d mean you add adduction now if a client who underwent hip surgery client who underwent hip surgery we cannot do for that client uh abduction so the client legs cannot come towards each other. Client left remain open. That is what we call abduction, ABD. For client who had hip replacement surgery, they do ABD, not ADD. Now, client who underwent uh, cerebral aneurysm, they should be in high follow position. Client who underwent cerebral aneurysm should be in high follow position. Client who had uh, ischemic stroke. Now, let's look at stroke. Now, Client who have ischemic stroke, the hair of the bear should be flat. Client who had ischemic stroke, we cannot elevate the bear hair because ischemia is the blood supply to the brain become deprived. The brain is deprived of blood supply. So in this case, we should be able at all point in time to keep the bear hair flat in order for blood supply to be regular to the brain or to be initiated back to the brain that is our goal in ischemic stroke when the client has hemorrhagic stroke the hair of the bear should be elevated to at least another degree to reduce the increased intracranial pressure and facilitate venous drainage again client there, there are two kinds of stroke we have the hemorrhagic stroke the one that occur with blood will bleeding in the head and will have the one that occur with blood deprivation within the head or, or within the brain so when the blood when it is ischemic blood is deprived from going to the brain in that case the client must be flat on the bed if it is the one that occur with hemorrhagic stroke and the client blood went to the client brain with force and the client 
blood vessel in the brain got rupture, in that case, the climb bare head must be elevated to at least above 30 degree while the client is in bed. Now, um, for epistasis, for epistasis, for epitaxis, or uh, epistasis, believe in the nose, you want to why? Lean the client forward and make sure the client is leaning forward so the blood can come down from the nose and come outside. If they do like this, the blood goes back to the brain. It might cross the, the it might cross the blood-brain barrier, which is not a good thing for the client. Now, if a client underwent uh, above the knee amputation, now this brings to something very important under here. You want to review few things for your ankles under the um, under the 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 the, the, the scalenter system. Now, under here. Open your syllabus book, look at few things under here. We did them, but for the class, you want to review them. One, look at the kind of fractures, the kind of fracture under here. That's one. Two, look at the kind of cast, cast and types, the type of cast. The type of cast got negative and bars, it had advantages and disadvantages. Look at the kind of cast. Three, Look at the kind of band, the kind of uh, uh, bandage or bandages. Look at that. Look at the kind of traction. Brian traction or hollow traction, all those type. Look at the do's and don'ts about traction. Now, when, when looking at cast, look at the do's and don'ts. When you are using a cast, a cast that will last longer, you cannot touch a cow with your finger. Your finger will leave indentation on the cast, which might create suppression for the cast for the client's skin underneath. That will create compartment syndrome for the client. So look at that very well. Understand those things, and also um, look at various kind of amputation. It's in the it's in the book. Rehearse it. Look at the kind of amputation. Look at above the knee, below the knee. What do you do now? Look look at above the knee amputation. When there is an above the knee amputation, meaning the, 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 the legs was amputated but it was above the knee, what do you do? One, you elevate for the first 24 hours. I repeat, above the knee, you elevate for the first 24 hours on pillow, position on prone daily for hip extension. So the client is elevated for the, the client leg is elevated for the first 24 hours. And the client knee is positioned on pillow in a prone position for the at least for hip extension for above the knee amputation. Now, when we have below the knee amputation, the foot of the bed is elevated for the first 24 hours, position prone daily for hip extension. That is for below the knee amputation. Now then we have when a client has pulmonary embolism, air. When there is an air pulmonary embolism, what do we do for the client? In this case, when there's an um, when there's an embolism, embolism, air embolism, in this case, turn the patient to the left side and lower the hair of the bed. If there was a, a, a clot that got dislodged, it's not a travel towards the lungs. 
That is, the client is at risk for what? Embolism. Pulmonary embolism. So in this case, you wonder why? You want to turn the patient to the left side and lower the hair of the bed. Like the client is in trans deliberate position, the layer of the bed is up and the bed hair is down and the client is turned to the left side. That is the management for what? For this condition. Now, I'm going to this because the N class is very smart in asking this question. The N class will not say a client who is undergoing pulmonary embolism. They will not say that to you. They will say a client who is having this large clock and is traveling towards the lungs. That simply means that is, that is air embolism or that, that, that could be pulmonary embolism. So in that case, what would be the nurse paramount concern? What would be the nurse immediate action? These immediate actions are what the nurse will do first. If the nurse fails to do them, the client will lose their life or the client will have severe complication. That's why it is incumbent upon you as a nurse to understand this treatment regimen, these rationales, this nursing intervention to always be at the point to provide the client the best method of intervention to curtail the client complication. Now, then we have um, when a client undergoes postural drainage. After a postural drainage, the long segment to be drained should be in the uppermost position to allow gravity to work. So after a postural drainage, the lungs, um, the long segment to be drained should be in the uppermost position to allow gravity to work, to pull out the fluid from the, from the lungs. That's why it means in a simple term. Post lumbar puncture, after a lumbar puncture. Now, the last time I asked you to read on lumbar puncture, and tell me about lumbar anesthesia. Like uh, we have epidural and, uh, and, and, and spinal and epidural uh, 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 anesthesia. Now, uh, or analgesia. Uh, if you look in the ATR book, uh, check online, check at Mayo Clinic. Look at this comparison between uh, epidural, spinal, epi spinal epidural and spinal anesthesia. You look at the two comparisons, know the nurse's role in providing epidural or anesthesia. When do we give the client epidural when the client is in pain in, during delivery? Look at those things and have an idea on them. Now, when the client is undergoing post-lumbar puncture, patients should, be, should lie flat in supine position to prevent headache and leaking of the CSF. This is important for the client. The patient asks the nurse, why did my doctor ask me to lie down flat in bed after the lumbar puncture? What is the nurse response that the client, which response is the best response by the nurse? They'll give you A, B, C, and D. The best response is to prevent headache and to what? And to prevent the leakage of the cerebrospinal fluid. Then we have continual bladder irrigation, CBR. Now, after some of those procedures, um, the client will undergo CBR, which is continuous bladder irrigation. In this case, the catheter should be tipped to the top of the legs, should be kept straight. We tip the catheter to the top of the legs, not to the bed, not to the bed frame, but the client tie, and the legs should remain straight until after the continuous bladder irrigation the CBR now then we have 
Maringo Tommy. Maringo Tommy. Position the client on the side of the affected ear after the surgery, which will allow drainage of the secretion. After a marigold tummy, an ear, uh, an ear, an ear incision, the client should lie down on the affected side, the, on the affected ear. So they, they will ask you, a client did marigold tummy on the rest side of the ear. Which side would the nurse advise the client to lie? A will say on the left side, where is, where 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 the surgery was done. B will say on the opposite side to prevent the 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 the. the, the, the to prevent the red ear from being infected. C will say supine position. D will say prone position. The client lies on the affected side or, or where the surgery was done to help to drain out any fluid, any blood that might be left in the ear. That's the rationale. Then we have after cataract surgery, a client underwent cataract surgery. Now, this brings me to the point that I want you to look at these points. We did them. Um, I want to look at the kind of a uh, view when a client has an eye problem. We did it, we did it, we did this in fundamental. Look up for me one when a client has glaucoma. Glaucoma, how does a cloud glaucoma view object? If a client has um catara, how does a cloud catara view object? If a client has um, what's the other eye condition name? You have cataract, you have glaucoma, you have strabismus, strabismus. You have uh, which one? You have uh, what's the other one name? Corneal detachment. Corneal detachment. You are right. Corneal detachment. Now I want you to look at these things because the ink, ring or uh, retina. Then we have retina what? Retina detachment also right retina. Okay. Now I want you to look at these things because guess what? The N class is not our simple classroom test that the teachers say, okay, read from cardiovascular to the endocrine system will bring 15 questions. Now you go and cram those chapters, go to the and score 100. No. The N class questions are generated based on your previous question so that's why we really read everything your mind comes on when you read like this and you understand everything about the ink you go to the ink class you do your test you come out with a flying color trees was so happy today she sent me uh 150 and she's like amandu i'm so grateful that i passed my test and everything that you've been teaching us I saw everything in my ankle and the ankle was not that half of them. So I want to give you one of so today three text three send me one of dollars just as a gift or as a token of appreciation to me for the time we spent together. Now I felt so good because it's not about the money, it's about just the thought, just the appreciation that she has realized that indeed the time we spent together it was not for nothing. So we spent on the girl and she listened to what we asked her to do. She did it correctly and she went to the ankle. She pulled out what she wanted to have pulled out. So we can do it. We all can do it. So I want you to look at these things. Retinal detachment, strabismus, cataract, glaucoma. How will you view objects in these eye conditions? Look at them. Now, when a client has cataract surgery, 
The patient will sleep on the on the feather side with a night shield for one to four weeks. So if the client if the client had cataract surgery, they will sleep on the wire on the client will sleep on the unaffected side. That's like you know, the client had a cataract on this red eye, the client will sleep on the wire, the left side. If the client had it on the left side, they will sleep on the red side. For Marengo tummy, if they had it on the red ear, they will sleep on the red ear. If they had it on the left ear, they will sleep on the left ear. For this cataract surgery, it's the opposite. The client will have an eye shield for one to one, four weeks after the surgery. Now, for retinal detachment, the area of the detachment should be in dependent position. So where the attachment was done, that area should be in a while dependent position. Post-tyroidectomy, after a thyroid surgery. In this case, we low, well, there should be low or semi-fallow position. So the client should be in a while semi-fallow position or in a low fallow position. Support the head, the neck, and the shoulder. The head, the neck, and the wire shoulder because the thyroid gland is within the wire in the anterior part of in the interior part of the wire of the neck that's why you're supporting that part now client who has who underwent thorax synthesis now in this case like i always tell you bro, one condition should remind you about the other condition so when you hear the word thorax synthesis you hear this word thorax synthesis just take you to what to amino synthesis amino synthesis it take you it take you to um what's the other one in um atro atro synthesis atro synthesis for the boom or the knee now these are all the same synthesis here meaning these tests are done with the same format now what makes them different is um the site at which this one is a thorax we are draining fluid from the wire the thoracic cavity this one is the amniotic ami amniocentesis we are draining fluid from the wire from the amniotic side of the the pregnant woman this one is arterial there for the bone the knees we're taking fluid from the wire the knee of in the bone now but all in all is the same fluid aspiration uh, at is a r t h uh a r t h r o t h r o c n t s r s arterial synthesis. Now under here, this thoracic synthesis, the client sitting on the side of the bed, leaning over the table during the procedure. The affected side is up after the procedure. So the thorax, we have two parts of the thorax. We have the left and right thorax. So during the procedure, the client will sit and lean forward, and then they will they will visualize the client side to collect the fluid. Now, after this particular fluid, now what happened under here? When the client is done, the client should lie down on the when this is done, the client should lie down on the affected side of the after the procedure. Now, a client who, under, who has spinal bifida. Now, spinal bifida has different types. It is a condition that is formed in pediatrics that we did under here. So, we have different categories of spinal bifida. We have the cystica. We have the uh, the one that comes with uh, the, uh, the the milo meaning uh, meningocele. The meningocele they have different types. 
So you want to go back to the pediatrics and understand these conditions and know exactly what you want to know about this spinal bifida conditions. What are the nursing role? How do we put the client when the client has this condition? Those are things you are very much, uh, those are things like you want to really like pay attention to know for your ankles. Now, yes. Now, you have uh, the bulk traction. The bulk traction, there is um, the layer of the bed, elevate the foot of the bed for kind of traction. You have post total re hip replacement. Now, after a hip replacement, a total hip replacement surgery, don't sleep on operator side. If the dead the surgery on the right side, do not sleep on the right side. You sleep on the opposite side of where the surgery was done. That's one. Do not flex the hip more than 45 to 60 degree. Do not elevate the hair of the bed more than 45 degree. Maintain hip abduction. Like I said, maintain the hip abduction. The hip should be apart. The leg should go apart, not come together. If it comes together, it is abduction. So after a hip surgery, after hip surgery, we do not perform abduction. So after hip surgery, this A D D U C T I O N is a complete no-no. After hip surgery, after hip surgery, we want to do A B D. A B D U C T I O N abduction meaning taking the legs apart. That's the function of the, this is putting the legs together, but would not need this in this after the hip surgery. Um, then, uh, then we have uh, after um, after clip pilot after clip pilot surgery, the client goes into prone position. After a clip lift surgery. The client position on the back or in infant seat to prevent trauma to the suture lines while feeling hold the client in an upright position for cliff lip. For cliff pilot, it is prone position. Now, for enema, client who is undergoing enema administration. Position the patient in the left line, left side line position or seams position with the knees flexed. Client who want, want to prevent dumping syndrome after bariatric surgery. In the case of dumping syndrome, the client eat in reclining position. Normally, we do not eat in reclining position, but because of the surgery the client underwent, the client can prevent dumping syndrome so the client can lie down or recline while they eat their food. Lie down after the meals for at least 20 to 30 minutes after they eat. They should restrict fluid during meal. When you have, when you undergo bariatric surgery, it can prevent dumping syndrome. You do not drink through between meals. You drink after eating, at least 20 to, to 30 minutes after eating. Also, you restrict fluids, not between, you restrict fluid during meal, after meal. You, 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 you do low fiber diet. And small frequent meal. Now, for for post um, for increased intracranial pressure, in this case, 
the client goes in the wire high father position. When the client has spinal cord injury, the client should remain immobilized on a spine board. That's why you see when you watch those movies when there's an accident, they have the hard board the client get well, you do not want to move the client when the client is at risk of spinal cord injury. If the client fall, if you saw a client that fell from upstairs, you cannot move the client without putting a hard spine bow for that client. You use the C color pattern to immobilize the client. You maintain the traction and alignment of the client hairs manually. You lock roll. The client should not go log roll, log roll. You log roll a client who has a spinal cord injury or who is at risk for spinal cord injury, and you do not allow client to twist or bend their body when they are undergoing this particular uh, procedure. For liver biopsy, the liver is on the right side. After the biopsy, the client can lie down on the same side. The, the client can put pillow or small towel on, on the puncture side. For at least three hours for liver biopsy. For paralysis, the client is flat on bed or sitting. For intestinal tubes, the client place the patient on the right side to facilitate passage into the duodenum. For NG tube, client elevate the bare head to 30 degrees to prevent alteration. You maintain elevation for a continuous feeling for one hour after intermittent feeling. For pelvic examination the client goes in the totome position like client lie in the bed and the client will put their legs up to have the clinician to visualize the pelvic area that's the rationale for pelvic examination for rectal for rectal exam the client goes in new in knee chest position seams position or in a dorsal recumbent position for internal radiation Patient should be on the bare rest while implant is in place. Patient should be on a bare rest while the, while the implant is in place for internal radiation. Now, this brings me to the point that please review your internal radiation. You do not hold the client or end up leaving the client back and drop outside. You can out of a bare glove. You gotta wear a white, a lead glove. You gotta you gotta wash the client linen should, should not be washed in the general laundry room or in the general laundry room. The client beddings, their linens, their clothing should be washed in different areas and should be rinsed. When the client uses the bathroom, the client should flush the bathroom at least three to eight times after using the bathroom when the client is undergoing internal radiation. Now, when the client has what we call autonomic dysreflexia, you place the client in certain position. You elevate the hair of the bed first before any other implementation. When the client has shock, in the case of shock, the client needs bare rest with extremities elevated to 20 degrees. The knees remain straight, the head slightly elevated, and the client should be in what we call modified trans position. The client should be in modified trans delimbar position. It's called modified trans delimbar position, which include bare hair elevated to 20 degree the knees are straight the hair slightly elevated those are what we call those finally come together to give us what we call the modified trans delimbar position if the client has head injury the client bared hair should be elevated up to 30 degree to decrease the increase intracranial pressure if the client is undergoing peritoneal dialysis 
when outflow is inadequate, when the outflow is not enough, that is after a peritoneal dialysis. Now, in this case, it is a case where we are using the client peritoneum as, as the dialysis medium, the medium of exchange of the fluid. We we'll use the client, uh, the client abdominal, uh, we we'll use the client peritoneal cavity. In short, in that case, you turn the patient side to side before checking for kinks in the tubings. The patient is undergoing myelogram. In myelogram, there are three types of myelogram. We have the water-based dye, the oil-based dye, and you have the air dye. Now, for the water-based dye, the client needs to assume a semi-fowler position for at least eight hours for the water-based dye. For the oil-based dye, flat on the bed for at least six to eight hours to prevent leakage of the wire cerebrospinal fluid. For the air dye, the client assumes a transdelimbrate position. These are important things to know for the ankles. Then, before we leave, we'll look at some important signs symptoms. These are the cardinal signs symptoms for conditions in message. I'm not taking, I'm not getting you all the symptoms that you need to know. No. I'm talking about the cardinal ones. When a client has this condition, what are the cardinal symptoms that define the condition is what I'm about to talk about. One, when a client has pulmonary tuberculosis, the client will have low-grade fever in the afternoon. Pulmonary TB, the client will have low-grade fever, the client will have night sweat. No matter how the room is cold, the client will have night sweat when the client has pulmonary tuberculosis. When the client has pneumonia, the client will have rust-colored sputum. They will have rust-colored sputum. When the client has asthma, wheezing is a cardinal sign for asthma. Wheezing on expiration. So when they are putting out air, which is expiration, they will have wheezes heard on auscultation. When the client has Kawasaki disease, this disease is linked with COVID-19 in children. This disease, the client will have what we call a strawberry tongue. The client tongue will become sore. It will look rare like strawberry. So when you get the word strawberry, your mind should go to what? Kawasaki disease. When the client has pernicious anemia, the client will have what we call red beefy tongue. The client will have red beefy tongue. The client tongue will be like a beef, a beef meat. That's how red it's going to be. The client will have red beefy tongue. In the case of, uh, in the case of the client having uh, pernicious anemia, when the client has Down syndrome at birth, they will have protruding tongue. A client, a, a fetal, a, a child was born, infant was born, and you saw the child having the tongue is protruding. At birth, that's a cardinal sign of what Down syndrome, chromosomal abnormality. When a client has cholera, the disease called cholera, they will have rice water stool, white stool. So rice, R I C E water stool, is a cardinal sign of what cholera, cholera. Rice water stool is a cardinal sign for what cholera. Um. When the client has malaria, the client will have what we call a step ladder like fever with chills. Step ladder like 
fever with chill. If the client has typhoid, typhoid, the client will have rose spots in the abdomen. Rose spots. Rose spots. R-O-S-E. Rose spots on the abdomen for typhoid fever. When the client has dengue fever, dengue fever, when the client has dengue fever, D-E-N-G-U-E, when the client has dengue fever, the client will have, when the client have dengue, they will have fever, they will have rashes, they will have headache, and they will have positive Herman sound. Positive Herman sounds. Look at this particular sound and know what is it. Positive Herman sound in the case of dying fever. When the client has diphtheria, Remember, we're talking about diphtheria. So we said diphtheria is a childhood illness that we take vaccine for. We use the DTAP vaccines to give for protection against diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus torsoil. So that's diphtheria. The client will have pseudo-membrane formation. In diphtheria, the client will have pseudo-membrane formation. If the client has measles, the client will have the complex spots. Complex spots, complex C O K O P L I K apostrophe S. Complex spots. The client will have these spots called the complex spots. These are spots that will be cluster white lesions on the client buccal mucosa on the, the client mouth. There will be white spots in the client mouth. That is what we call the complex spots. When the client has systemic lupus erythematous, systemic lupus erythematous, the client will have called the butterfly rash, systemic lupus erythematous SLE, the client will have butterfly rash on the face. This is the client face here. This is the client muff right here. This is the client nose here, the client eye, the client eyes. Now the client will have a rash that will take place like this. Like this. It come under here, come under here, come here, join here. The wings are like butterfly, so they'll have this butterfly racket just in this format. This, this is a example of this is a cardinal sound for what for the SLE, the systemic lupus erythematous. Now, oh, I'm sorry. So, so the client, the client will have this right here. Um, they'll have it like this. So you have the client racket coming like this. Coming like this, coming like so. This is a, a how it look like the butterfly ratchets. Um, when the client has leprosy, leprosy, the client will have what we call leonine faces. Leonine, leonine, L E O N I N E, leonine faces, F F A C I E S. Now, L E O N I N E, leonine. Faces, F A C I E S. It's a taking for the facial skin. Like they will have the face of like taking. The fingers will be like eating up. They will get short of fingers. They will have that. Leprosy infection. When a client has bulimia, bulimia, the client will have the chipmunk, the chipmunk faces. Chip, chipmunk faces. Chipmunk faces. The client will have the chipmunk, C-H-I-P-M-U-N-K, 
chickmunk feces when a client has bulimia. Bulimia, they will have the chickmunk feces, which is the parotid the gland swelling. When the client has appendicitis, inflammation of the appendix or infection of the appendix, the client is going to have rebound tenderness at the McBurney site. Now, this is the side that the angler will ask you for. Um, define it. Now, you have the client like this. The client have like a when the client has um when the client has uh the condition called this particular appendix, the client will have what we call the um the McBurney sound. Now, this McBurney sound, it looks like this. Um, this this is the client hip right here. This is the client navel or the umbilical. Here's the client hip bone right here. Now, this is the client legs between here. This is the client trunk where the client breast is right here. Now, midway diagonally, a diagonal uh, slope, midway between the client iliac crest and the client uh, uh, umbilical between here, midway is where we call the McBurney's point. The angle will ask you to. to to, to pinpoint where the McBurney spot is. So you look at maybe between here, this should be the McBurney spot on the client. So this part is called the McBurney spot. Now, these are things the client is going to have if you have this. Now, in the case of meningitis, the client will have positive kernel sign and positive bronziskin signs. Now, for meningitis, the infants will not have these signs to be cardinal signs for meningitis. These signs are for older children. They, they will have the kerning sign. It's K-E-R-N-I-G apostrophe. As the kerning sign, there will be a stiffness of the hamstring causing the inability to straighten the client legs. When the client legs cannot straighten, when the hip is flexed above 90 degree, that is a positive kerning sign. The Bronziski sign is you force the flexion of the client neck, which elicits the client reflex flexion of the hips. So look at the the, the Kearney sign and the Bronziski sign to know define the two and know how you have an idea on it. Look at it on YouTube, you will know exactly what I'm talking talk about here. When the client has tetanus, tetanus the client will have hypocalcemia. They will have low level of calcium in their body in tetanus condition. In tetanus condition. The client will have one plus trousers sign or the Shivoski sign. Look at these two signs for the anger. They are important for tetanus or uh, diagnosis in the client who is having tetanus. Now, over here, you have the trousers sign. It's T R O U. It's T R O U S S E A U S. The trousers sign. And you have the Shivoski sign, which is um, C H C H V O S T E K. Please, we are all recording. Just put your phone on mute. You, you keep disturbing the recording, please. Now you have uh, you have the Shivostic signs, and you have the Trojan sign. Now these signs are positive indicative of tetanus. Now then you have. Um, you have the patent dotted arteriosus. When a client has patent dotted arteriosus, one of the neonatal heart disease, PDA, the client will have a machine-like murmur. For PDA, patent dotted arteriosus, the client will have a machine 
machine like murmur sound machine like murmur on us condition this is the one the pda the patent doesn't actually when the client has um pyloric stenosis the client will have an olive mass like on the abdomen they will have olive mass olive mass like on the abdomen in the case of the client having uh when the client has uh pyloric stenosis when the client has Addison disease remember the client will have bronze skin pigmentation the client's skin will look like bronze they will have that when the client has cushion disease the client will have buffalo home and the moon face in cushion disease and the client will have these things in condition. When the client has grave disease, grave disease is seen in hyperthyroidism. Grave disease is seen in hyperthyroidism. Now, you also see the client will have exothermia. The client will have eye protrusion, exothermas. You see it in there. When the client has into subsection, the client will have sausage mass, like sausage mass social leg mass on the abdomen into substantial wherein the intestine will telescopes in itself that is what we call, that is what we call into subsection the client will have south shape uh, sausage shaped mass when the client has uh, multiple sclerosis the client will have what a charcot triad the charcot the c h a r c o t the charcot triad the client will have one, the client will have nystagmus, two, the client will have intention tremor, three, the client will have dysarthria, is D-Y-S-A-R-T-H-R-I-A. When the client has myasthenia gravis, myasthenia gravis, the client will have descending muscle weakness, the client will have the eyelid dropping, which we call the ptosis, P-T-O-S-I-S, ptosis. The client will have ptosis indicated by myasthenia gravis. When the client has Gaulian bar syndrome, the client will have ascending muscle weakness. They will have ascending muscle weakness. When the client has DVT, the client will have the hormone signs being positive. DVT is... Um, when the client has DVT, the client will have the Homan sounds, Homan sounds being positive in DVT. Uh, when the client has what we call angina, the client will have crushing, stabbing pains that is relieved by natural glycerin. When the client has myocardial infection, or sorry, infarction, the client will have crutching. The client will have stabbing pains that will radiate towards the, the left shoulder. The client will have neck pains. The client will have arm pain that is not relieved by natural glycerin. When the client has Parkinson's disease, the client will have pill rolling tremors. They will have pills rolling tremors. Pills rolling tremors. In the case of Parkinson's disease, that's what the client is going to have. When a client 
have cyclo cytomegalovirus infection, the client will have the hours eyes. They will have the hours eyes movement. In the case of cytomegalovirus or infection, they will have the, the hours eye appearance. They will have huge nucleus in the cells. And when the client has glaucoma, they will have a tunnel vision glaucoma. When the client has retinal detachment, the client will have flashes of light shadowed with curtains across the vision. The curtains across the vision, the vision is black from, from distance. When the client has basilar skull fracture, basilar skull fracture, they will have raccoon's eyes. Raccoon's, raccoon's eyes. When they have this basilar skull fracture, they will have raccoon's eyes. Um, they're going to have the periorbital ecchymosis. And they will have battle sign, mastoid ecchymosis. They will have the battle, battle sign. It's B-A-T-T-L-E, battle sign, which is they're going to have what we call the mastoid, the mastoid ecchymosis. When they have Burgers disease, Burger disease, they're going to have intermittent claudication. They will have pain at the buttocks or the legs from poor circulation resulting in impaired walking in the case of Burgers disease. If the client has diabetic ketoacidosis, they will have acetone breath. When the client has pregnancy-induced hypertension, PIH, they will have proteinuria, they will have hypertension above 6, 160 or 90, they will have edema. When the client has diabetes mellitus and diabetes inseparable, they will have the three Ps, polyphagia, polyduria, and polydipsia, but they are not the same two conditions. They are two distinct conditions. DM, which is diabetes mellitus, is with clients who have, or is with clients who fall on a um, insulin condition, and the client who has DR for clients who have I or ADH condition. If the client has GRD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, the client is going to have heartburns. If the client has Hospring's disease, which is a toxic megacolon disease, the client is going to have ribbon-like stool. The stool will be like ribbons in Hospring disease. So, if the client has sexual transmission infection, one, happy simplest step two, they will have painful vesicles on the genitalia. If the client has genital wax, they will have a wax that is increased between 1 to 2 millimeter in diameter. If the client has syphilis, they will have painless chancre. They will have painless growth on their penis or on their private part. When the client has gonorrhea, they will have green creamy discharge and painful urination. Green discharges and painful urination. If the client has chlamydia infection, the client will have a milky discharge and painful urination. If the client has candidiasis, the client will have white, cheesy, odorless vaginal discharges. And if the client has trichomoniasis, the client will have yellow, itchy, frothy, and foul-smelling vaginal discharges. Please listen to these recordings when you are done. If you have an ink class, the best thing is to always listen to this recording when you are in your car, 
when you are going out, when you are somewhere alone, 